0: What's up? What's up? What's up, my beautiful Hey Queen Thrive family? It's your girl, Leah M. Borney, and I am back. Your girl is back with another episode. Listen, we are kicking off the month of May. Me- May is Mental Health Awareness Month, but guess what It else is? It's also National Masturbation Month. Yeah, yeah. National Masturbation Month. So you already know what we like to talk about here at Hate Queen Thrive, Right. One of my favorite topics of all time, outside of money and friends and all that good stuff and relationships, I love to talk about sex. And so I'm super excited to talk to you guys about my guest that I have on this episode. But before I tell you all about her and how amazing she is, listen, let's just talk for a second. Man, so May is mental health awareness month. And honestly, y'all, I've been doing a lot of reflecting, man. This since the top of the year, it has been So many suicides, man. Like, who? First of all, let me just say I personally experienced it with a dear friend of mine, God rest his soul. Um, But I personally had a friend that I grew up with literally from elementary school all the way into high school. I've known this individual. And he took his life back in 2021. And then I had somebody else who was like a dear big basically like a big brother to me. He was my brother's, my oldest brother, best friend. Um, he took his life a few years ago. And then when you hear about um, Regina King's son and Miss USA, like all these people that are taking their lives, man, it's it's crazy, right? It's absolutely crazy. And I just been thinking, and I was having some conversations um, with some friends of mine, and they were just like, yo, why is it that it's like black people in particular are taking their lives and I was just telling my best friend in the conversation I said you know we've all been in that dark place right we've all been in that dark place we've all had moments of discouragement and disappointment and just hit rock bottom right and so the difference between me and other people or you and other people is this beautiful thing called hope right Like, I truly believe that those that make the decision to end their lives, they literally have gotten to a place where they just have no more hope, right? Because I believe that when you have hope, even if it's just a glimmer, right? Even if it's just a little tiny mustard seed of hope, right? Like, that's enough to get you to hold on just one more day, right? And sometimes we get into these places and spaces where we just lose all hope. And when we lose all hope, right, and the pain is so real for us, That's what we want. We just want to end our lives. And I say that, you know, even when I think back on my grief journey, right, and losing my fiance unexpectedly four years ago, like, I (laughs) can remember being in that space. Like, I can remember praying and asking God to take my life, right? Like, what was the point of me being here? Why did I even want to continue? Like, the person that I love was gone, right? Not knowing that I was going to have, like, four more deaths to follow his, but it But the pain was that real. And so I'm saying that to say that when you're having those conversations about suicide, you know, let's not discredit people. Let's not be like, oh, they took the the coward way out and all that foolishness that we say. But understand and recognize that people are in pain. And sometimes that pain is so damn real, right, that they don't know what else to do. And so what I say to the loved ones out there, the friends, the family members, the colleagues, like check on each other, like on some real check on each other, right? Because we love to say that, check on your strong friends, but you ain't checking on nobody. (laughs) You ain't reaching out. You ain't, hey girl, hey, hey bro, hey. You good? Like, no, for real, for real, like, you for real, for real good? Like, talk to me. Like, you ain't doing none of that. But it sound good, right? It sound good coming out our mouths. And if anything that we should have learned from this is that we got to be intentional about checking on people. Just saying. All right. so let me just give you a little... A uh, background about my guest that we have on this episode. It is Brittany Broadus-Smith. Listen, she is a Christian sex therapist. Because y'all know sex is one of my favorite topics here at Hey Queen Pride. And so, of course, when we're talking about mental health awareness, we got to talk about the holistic person. And so, holistic means your sex life. So, <laughs> we just sat down and had an amazing conversation, right, about sex. But we took it... From a biblical perspective, what does the Bible say about sex and all that good stuff? And listen, I'm just not even going to give it all away. I'm going to tell you, like I always tell you, tune in, grab your paper, your pen, your favorite drink, whatever you sipping on, and listen to this conversation. Because baby, you already know, we went there. And so I'll be back with another, uh, I was about to say with another episode, but I'll be back with Thriver Nuggets. So stay tuned what's up my beautiful hey queen thrive family listen i'm so excited about this conversation because let me tell you something y'all know one of my favorite topics is sex and that's what we're going to talk about i'm sitting down with a christian-based sex therapist yes we are about to dispel some myths here at hey queen thrive the lovely Brittany brodus smith how are you doing beautiful
1: i'm doing well how are you thank you so
0: much for having me I'm good. Listen, I'm so excited that you said yes cuz let me tell you it's hard to find some sex therapists to interview so I'm I'm excited. But tell the people a little bit about yourself.
1: Absolutely. So I am a Christian sexologist and a licensed social worker. I work with predominantly black Christian women helping them discover, navigate and embrace their sexual selves without compromising their beliefs or values. And that's the long, like, mission statement. But what I say, you know, colloquially, colloquially, I am the representative for all of those unapologetically in love with Jesus and sex, even if they aren't having it.
0: Mm, come on in here, in love with mm-hmm. Jesus and sex, because you can be in love with both, but mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that. So I have a question that I ask all my experts, and that is, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a queen that's thriving? So a
1: queen that's thriving is someone who is sure in herself, mm-hmm. in her identity. It is is often, often, authentically and unapologetically in who she is and being yeah. proud of it. And that means the good and bad side of uh, her because we got some stuff with us. We can be amazing queens thriving in the world, but have some stuff with us. So Honey. being a queen recognizing your shortcomings as well as your skills and the boss that you are as, as much as like the ways in which you may do some harm and then doing the work to address uh, to address that and the difference between surviving and thriving is um, is showing up and doing it's no more performing mm. we're not just existing we are doing and actively
0: yeah Come on and help the people. We are doing. Did you hear that she said you showing up and doing the work? Like I listen. I love her already because I say this all the time. We got to stop saying stuff like "I'm living my best life." Like, are you really though, sis? Like, mm-hmm. are you really though, right? Because we say it, it sounds good. It sounds real right. cute when we say it, but right. we're not really doing the work. Okay, you heard Brittany. You heard her. She said, "Do the work." All right, so. Here in season two, I wanted to focus on purpose. And so we're going to kick off the conversation about how did you discover your purpose? Like, how did you figure out what you were really called to do?
1: You know what? It's one of those things where I don't talk. As a Christian, you know, people say, well, the Lord told me. And things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't talk like that as a Christian. I believe the Lord speaks and moves through me for sure, but I don't speak in that terminology. But yeah. it really literally was God saying, this is it. Yeah. I went to I went to undergrad. Originally, I applied for the school to be a poli sci major. Mm-hmm. I was going to be a lawyer. I was obsessed with Johnny Cochran. Yeah. I wanted to join the dream team or have my own dream team. Then, when girlfriends came out, Joan Carol Clayton was yes. literally like my life. in like, I didn't want to live in LA, though I wanted to live in New York, and I just wanted to be the <laughs> New York version of her. And it was perfect. But then when I got to school, that first intro to American government class, I was like, oh, absolutely not. That (laughs) bored me to snot and tears. And I was like, yeah, no, we can't do this. So I changed my major to psychology. And then when I heard that you had to Get a phd to really be able to function in psychology i was like i'm not going to school that long cut mm-hmm. to me currently being cut to me currently being in a program for my phd so who knew so i switched over to social work mm-hmm. and i wanted he was like okay i can do some couples work i can you know dash a little bit of sex in there but then one day my pastor at the time had me teach a a joint ministry sunday school it was mm. called sex, and, sex and salvation. It was the marriage ministry and the singles ministry, all in one room. And I was like, "Well, how the heck am I going to do this <laughs> yeah. in a way that, because you know, don't wake love before its time for the right. single thing, but then also in way that the the married folks aren't bored." Yeah, or, you know what I'm saying. And so I was like, "I need to figure this out." By God's grace, I was able to figure it out and you know create a curriculum that worked for both groups. They're really just focusing on the tenets of sex positivity and how God is inherently sex positive and the ways in which we can embody that in all of the phases of our seasons of our life. Yeah. And at the end of it, one of the elders was like, um, this was so good, but maybe next time we can do it in the, the fellowship hall instead of the sanctuary. And God was like, See, this is it and I was like okay lord right. <laughs> like, All right and so the intimacy firm that was that was late 2015 um, by July of 2016 um, intimacy firm was born
0: I love it I absolutely positively love it so we have something in common because I thought I was going to be the, a female Johnny Cochran too um, <laughs> like was obsessed <laughs> With courtroom shows and all of that. I tell people all the time, I was the kid that played courtroom, not house. Like my dolls was a whole like jury, and mm-hmm. bailiff, all of that. Um, and then I like interned in, in the law firms and I was like, this is not it. This is not how I look out mm-hmm. on the shows, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to be in the, in the courtroom and not knowing that like, they literally settle their cases out. Very few cases go to trial. So I was just like, yeah, no, this is not it. I knew I wanted to help people. I was in healthcare for a while. I did like nursing assistant and I still was like, Nope, this is not it. And my family just so happened to be dysfunctional. So I got into mental health because I was like, Oh, I want to fix my dysfunctional ass family. Mm. only to learn that that really isn't my job. My job is not to fix anybody. My job is to help you navigate these streets yourself. And I'm just gonna guide you to what you already know. Um, and I learned that in grad school because my beautiful professor, Dr. Armstrong used to tell us all the time, like it is your client's life anyway. Like they ultimately know where they want to end up. You just help them get there. (laughs) So I, I love that we have that similarity, and I love the fact that you brought sex to the church because they don't be talking about it, and that's what we're about to get into. So tell us a little bit about how you have learned to incorporate the Bible and sex.
1: You know, it's not anything that I needed to incorporate because God created sex. And it was literally the first commandment he gave Adam and Eve as husband and wife was be fruitful and multiply, which means what? You know what I'm saying? And it was like, so from the, from the garden and the garden is understood in the Christian faith to be paradise, to be perfection, to be mm-hmm. nothing wrong. So if sex was in the garden, then there is nothing wrong with, it. we know, you know, not to get super preachy, but after the yeah. fall, some things change and we move right. away from God's original intent. So, you know, sex today in our world, you know, is different. And there are like, you know, values and things that we have as believers, but the, what we did not move away from is the way, the importance that God placed on sex, he connected it to the continuing of his greatest creation. And when he said on the sixth day, and he made humanity, God saw all that he had made. It was the only thing that he said was very good. Yeah, He created our bodies. And so body image and all the things that are under the umbrella of sexuality beyond the first three letters. That's the issue. People get caught up in those first three letters. I got that from Dr. Lex Brown James. She said that all the time is learning. Sexuality is beyond the first three letters and it is really in the you of it that where god is that's where you meet god in your when you're talking about body image and identity and gender roles and you know and sensuality and trust if you've experienced some sexual trauma and trusting him to overcome those things god is in all of that just in my black womanliness like yeah sexuality is a part of that and i have come to know god as a black woman and, you know, as a tall black woman, as, yeah. which is, uh, you know, ph- anatomy and physiology. Like I, I navigate this world differently, you know what yeah. I mean? And then I, you know, I have my values about, you know, you know, about sex, but that doesn't take away from the understanding that regardless of what is going on around me, mm-hmm. sex is okay. I may yeah. have some values around the when and even around the with who. Right. However, the establishment of the act of sex, the beauty of sexuality, the understanding of sensuality and pleasure and all of those things are rooted in the word of God. So it's not anything that I had to bring together. It always was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that you said that because I think that we forget that pleasure really is our birthright. And yep. it, it is in the Bible that it, yeah, like pl- it pleasure is a part of who you are. That's why when people say stuff like, oh, I'm a holistic coach, but yet you don't talk about sex. I'm like, how holistic are you boo? Cause like, you know, sex is a part of that. <laughs> you are a sexual being. So you need to right. talk about it. And I agree with you and, and Dr. Lex about it's beyond that, the SCX, like sexuality is way more encompassing than just who you sleeping with or how you want to sleep with who and where are you doing it it's a whole lot more to it and I love that you mentioned body image because I know for me in my own journey of sexuality and healing my from those traumas as a rape survivor learning to re-embrace the the whole sexuality of me again and being comfortable with what I see in the mirror and not be so quick to like be like, Oh, I got these love handles. Oh, I got, cause you know, black women, that's what we, you know, that's what we do. Like we look at ourselves and we're so quick to tear ourselves down. And so healing has helped me to like embrace the totality of me, which includes my sex life. Like there's nothing wrong with it. It's not icky. We have to stop telling our kids, like you shouldn't have sex. It's so bad. Like they don't have sex anyway. Just, just yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Just
1: right. and the thing is that even even in that it's a matter of like young statistics show that young people who have access to comprehensive sex and are more likely to delay sexual initiation so for a, for christians or believers who until so marriage is a value of theirs that still doesn't remove the responsibility of equipping your children with the mm. information and you don't want to use scare tactics to say sex is dirty or icky or anything to keep it keep away from them because that's not going to align with what they get in the street. They're not going to align with the gigging world. They're not, that's not going to align with what they see on TV. The TV, Hollywood, makes sex like the greatest thing in the world. And they're going to yeah. wanna understand why are you saying it's bad, but these people are saying it's good. And they're going to wanna to, oh, taste and see. Yeah. <laughs> little, yeah. Okay. And figure <laughs> out for themselves. And so then, if they experience it and it is a positive experience for them, then they're looking on, looking at you like, "Why you lied to me?" Mm -hmm. And now there's a that's causing a you know a disconnect within a relationship. It's always honesty. You can have your regulations still rooted in honesty. Like sex is a beautiful thing, but it's one of those things that we and our faith we believe you know should be. And the confines of marriage and that's fine that's also fine to have that belief no no one thing is better than the other if you don't share my values but it's never okay to lie because sex is not a bad thing
0: yeah I wholeheartedly agree with you because I think that that I know for me like my sex talk was kissing leads to other things so don't do it Mm -hmm. well what do you you tell a hormonal teenager kissing leads to other things what do you think the teenager about to figure out Mm-hmm. what, it what mm-hmm. it is what right right and so that's right that's what happened like i went on this quest to be like "Hmm, well why is kissing so bad let's discover it right and then discovering the pleasure and being like oh i like this this feels mm-hmm. good <laughs> i want more of this but then because of the scare tactic i didn't even tell my i remember not telling my family until i was 18 that I had lost my virginity. And I had lost my virginity at 14. Like never told them because of the fear of like, grandma's about to throw some holy oil at me. She's about to tell me that I'm like Satan, which she did, right? Mm -hmm. Beat me over the head with the Bible because it was, oh, your body's a temple and you're not supposed to do that. And so I agree with you when have the conversation, be honest in the conversation, you know, it's not educating your kid, is not going to make them be like, oh, I'm going to go out there and have sex. If anything, like you said, it's going to delay it. Because I wish that I had that comprehensive sex talk. Because I think it would have made me be like, "Hmm, let me wait a little while longer, you know, and really understand that when I'm having sex, this is what I'm doing. I'm connecting with someone on a deeper level and all these things that I had to find out as an adult. Because nobody Mm -hmm. took the time to tell me. They scared me out of it. Versus mm-hmm. just giving me the talk in a more educational mm-hmm. form. So I agree with you on that mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. So let me ask, why do you think church folk are so afraid to talk about sex?
1: You know, and I think I think that is not a church folk specific thing. I think society doesn't, is not comfortable talking about sex. Society is not comfortable educating about sex, but very comfortable with commercializing it and shoving it down your face, like shoving it down your throat. Like, you know, this whole age old added, you know, sex sells. So there is a comfort of experiencing it, but not a comfort with agency that comes with the um, being fully informed. Yeah. And so we are still, we're not that far removed from infantilizing children um, to the point of not having agency in their decision-making. They feel like, you know, children shouldn't have agency. You should be seen and not heard and stay in the child's mm-hmm. place and all of those things. So things like making the decision not to hug a certain person or not to, yeah. you know, I ask my children, like, before I go in for a kiss, like, you know, can mommy have a kiss? Like, and if they don't want to give me one, then that you know, that's fine. I have one that's always like, yes, kiss me, mommy, I love you. And the other one is like, Mm-hmm. and I have to respect that in the same way like you know you know black people don't close don't close no doors in my house like right, sit at right. the table you know sit at the table until your food is done and that you know mm-hmm. all of those things not giving children's choice that leads us up to grown-ups who don't feel like they have agency or choice so then sex then becomes the secret sneaky Salacious thing yeah. because we always have it under this cloak of shame and secrecy and under the lights of Hollywood. But if we pull it out and demystify it, then it would, like, honestly, I think we'll be better served because then it's like, I don't have to sneak, I don't have to hide, I don't have to, you know, do whatever because I know what it is. And then in Hollywood would lose because it's like, what you're doing on here this is tv this is fantasy and i know it's fantasy
0: yeah
1: Is porn is about as real as iron man and so we don't see anybody trying to jump off buildings and bridges to, to fight crime <laughs> right yet we see people trying to recreate um recreate what they see in porn
0: yeah or
1: establish what they see in porn as the standard because they, we've not done a good enough job establishing that as fantasy
0: yeah Oh, that's good. I love that you mentioned the whole purpose of choice, because I think that's that's miss, what's really missing from a lot of conversations around sex. And, I, and especially how, you know, I had this conversation with another friend of mine about the importance of like, giving your children the actual names of their body parts, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not saying stupid stuff like the pocketbook and the cookie, and all Mm -hmm. of that, like, no, tell your daughter that's a vagina, like, you know, your son, that's a penis, Um, but then also, like, not making, because I have a dear friend of mine, she's probably gonna kill me if she hears, (laughs) but, like, her teenage son is in this excessive masturbation phase, and Mm -hmm. she's like, Leah, it's freaking me out, because that's all he does, and I'm like, he's also 16, and hormonal, and has kind of, like, discovered (laughs) the pleasure of sex, like this Mm -hmm. is normal childhood development and I know that because I work in the field but like to somebody else it's like that's not normal like why is my kid masturbating Mm -hmm. and it's like Mm -hmm. so I think it's so important that we do dismiss like like get rid of the myth of like it's nasty and understanding normal childhood development and understanding that like yeah you like you've masturbated even when you were in the womb when you discovered like you had you know, something there, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's normal, and it's okay, and also, it helps you to discover what you like and don't like, which I think is the reason why so many adults struggle in a sex life, because they don't know what turns them on, they don't know how to get them there, so if you don't know, how are you then going to turn around and tell your partner, like, I like this, and or oh, I don't like this, because you don't know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: honey, mm-hmm. honey, okay, yeah, so, yeah. How important is it to incorporate sex in our mental health regimen?
1: Um, It's extremely important because sexual health is general health. Mm -hmm. Mental health is general health. Everything is interconnected. We we struggle when we have these type of compartmentalized Mm -hmm. understandings of who we are. And then because when we compartmentalize, then we begin to rank in order of importance but you know it really is it really is all connected because you know while we need to make sure that our heart is beating and our brain is functioning to be alive if you are living but not if you are breathing but not living then we're in then we're in the same boat and i think Mm -hmm. and if you are living and breathing but not experiencing pleasure Then we're talking about quality of life, which is as important as the numbers on, just like in school, you know, you have reading, writing, arithmetic Mm -hmm. as the core subject. But, you know, I know how to do parallelograms, sure, but I don't know how to do my taxes. And one of them is coming due. I will never have to use a parallelogram ever again in my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that is important that we integrate them all into health care in general yeah yeah
0: i i wholeheartedly agree with you on that because i mean especially the fact the part about stop compartmentalizing it right and mm-hmm. again it goes back to that notion of recognizing that you holistically you're a sexual being right so the same way you go to a doctor for for your physical checkup goes your OBGYN ladies for your sexual checkup like get the education make sure everything is going smooth and and you're doing what you need done so I agree with that okay so what are three myths that you think that we as black and brown people church folk, we just gotta stop it get rid of them in 2022.
1: Oh, so so many, um, I don't know if it's necessarily missed, but like misconceptions, first and foremost, as black women, you know, for queens to thrive, I need y'all to understand and know the difference between vulva and vagina. Vagina is only the external part. I mean, the internal part of your body is the vagina. The vulva is everything else. Everything else that you can see is your vulva. And so often we've been taught we don't use the word vulva. Volva is not really a part of our everyday lexicon, yeah. and it should be because being able to properly name your body parts, meaning being able to properly learn your body parts and being able to properly advocate for yourself and your pleasure. And so, whether you are at the doctor or whether you are in a bed with a partner, advocacy and agency are important and is rooted in knowing your body parts because not knowing and the intentional mistruth given. Untruth given when you call it a pocketbook versus the vote, like you're intentionally lying. That's where shame is rooted in, and so that's Mm. what we need. We need to get rid of. We need to stop over like sexualizing touch because that also does us a disservice. As you know, as our big selves in this big old age, we're not really leaning into our um, touch hunger as much. Like you know, as young people. But we are what we can't do for ourselves our parents bathe us feed us mm-hmm. give us hug on them we cute so they want to hug and love on us so we get that kind of skin hunger met often but as yeah. we get older we kind of move away from from that and then this thought that any type of adult um a lot of times you know intergender um touching is always having to be sexually motivated people think oh my love language is physical touch like that's somehow connected to their desire for sex and it's not like really being comfortable with touch as a mm. pleasurable experience that has nothing to do with any type of sexual motivation or expectation. And then I think lastly would be, um, I don't know if this is a myth, or I mean, obviously what I do is work to dispel the myth that sex is bad and that Christians don't have sex. And if you are a believer and you're listening, understand that you can walk boldly as a, believer in Christ as a child of God and restfully in boundless pleasure. So
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So now I got to ask, what are three ways you can improve your sex life? Oh, absolutely. So first, again, knowing your body parts,
1: your orgasm is your responsibility. Mm, So it is not something that your partner gives you. It is not a reward. It's not even an achievement. Mm -hmm. It is an experience. And so you have the information to share with your partner during partnered experiences to say, "Here's what I like. Here's what works for me." And then they partner, and they're a good, if they're a good lover. They partner with you in having that experience, and then they don't do things that take away from the experience. If you don't like when the tongue is in his tongue is in your ear, tell him that, so he'll stop putting his tongue in your ear. Hello.
0: Okay, people. and so you're not
1: doing yourself a disservice by faking. You're not doing your disservice by keeping quiet. My favorite sexologist in all the world, sexologist Samira, says use your mouth, speak up, tell okay. them what you want. So that's number. That is the first thing to um improving your sex life. I also would encourage you to stretch yourself and try and try try something new. Like create, try something new. in as much as you're creating. World or sexuality goals that are yours, like be your own relationship goals, your own sexuality goals—not what you see on TV, not what you yeah. hear on the radio, not what your girlfriend said, not what your pastor said, not none of that. Like what works for you and yeah. your particular, for your particular body. And then also, and then lastly, have fun. Take the orgasm off the table. Like the best sex is when you're not even worrying about an orgasm. Mm-hmm. I know they like they like girl what because that should be. <laughs> pleasure oriented and yeah. goal oriented. when all you're thinking about is like the worst way to try to have an orgasm is mm-hmm. to try to have an orgasm just really rest and be fully embodied and mindful in the experience let the pleasure overtake you and if it happens it happens if it doesn't it still felt really good
0: yes listen I am loving this conversation first of all I love that you like uh it is your responsibility to get that orgasm because we do we put so much like Emphasis on my partner and he ain't do it right and he and and it's like no girl that's you but again it goes back to knowing your body do you know how to get you there this why you need to be over here self pleasuring because if you don't know how to masturbate and get you there how the hell you gonna tell him how to get you there and I think we have to stop doing that because I think that we have been programmed for a lack of a better word to believe that that is the job of our partner and it's like no I need to tell him. Like I am notorious t- for telling them, don't move your tongue from my ear. Get your, like, that's not, you're not turning me on. You're turning me off. Stop. Right. Mm-hmm. But then also I think, and, and I'm going to ask you, like when work with couples, how important is it to like continue that conversation? Cause I think people get into like relationships and they've been together for a long time and you just kind of still think, you know, what it takes to get your partner excited and aroused. So when with couples, like, how? What advice do you give them about how to keep that spark going?
1: I same the same thing. Use your mouth. Speak <laughs> up, and really not think. Like, give your give both of you all the space and grace to grow. Like, yeah. don't expect because the person that you met. It's not the person that you marry. It's not the person that you that comes into your first anniversary, fifth, tenth anniversary. Yeah. You I would hope not because I don't want, I don't want you to still be the man I married. Not when we've been married 10 years. I need you to grow. I need yeah. you to elevate. Yeah. I need you to refine, improve, get you some business, get you some hobbies. Yeah. Right. And then so checking in with your partner regularly about how these ebbs and flows of life has impacted their wants and needs. We're in a pandemonium and been here for two years. Coming on three years now. Like, or yeah, going on two years, however many. See, I forgot how long we've been here. But the fact that the matter is, this has been weighing on people. Like, you think that 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 same move, for whatever reason, may not hit the same because of what we are, where we are. Life changes, health changes, body capacity changes. Like, you know, be, shift and stop trying to hold on to the things of yesteryear and do what you need to do to make the now the best that you can be, the best that it can be. And then when y'all move to the next, reevaluate and be, okay, like a marriage or a relationship or a partnership is, a living organism that you have Mm. to feed and care for that needs checkups and tune-ups and wellness you know you know what i'm saying so yeah that's what that's
0: listen i say that all the time i tell people you have to have conversations around the expectation of your sex life with your partner And the frequency, because I think people have these unrealistic expectations, and I've had them with several of my friends. And they're like, "Yeah, I need sex like four or five times a week." And it's like, "How sweet?" Because you got a job, I got a job, we got some kids. You know, Mm -hmm. by the time we didn't got them situated, dinner done, they bathing Mm -hmm. in the bed, we at about Mm -hmm. eight nine o'clock, and you're going still Mm -hmm. expect me to drop it like it's hot and be porn star. At eight nine o'clock when I'm just trying mm-hmm. to go to sleep, you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. be realistic about what sex looks like for you in your partnership. So I love, yeah, that. and real and, and be and I'll be
1: okay with the fact that realistic is relative. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so for some people, doing all that you just laid out at nine o'clock, yeah, it's showtime. And I worked hard to get everybody here's and bids, who made dishes done. So that I can go upstairs and get busy. And that's right. their and that's their thing. I think what hinders that a lot of times is like you said, like there, these like arbitrary expectations of frequency as opposed to leaning into pleasure and in needs or desires, rather. And then also people have this aversion to scheduling it. Like that's mm. how you make sure it happens regularly. Put it on the calendar, especially if you are a busy family, a young family where you got to work, he got a business, them kids got football practices, yeah. other one is in craft club, like all of those kind of things. You have to put it on the calendar. And our family, when I was married, married nine years, if it didn't make the calendar, it did not happen. Come on. And that's what, that's with anything. Yes. Like if yes, you ma'am. had a game, if you had a game and you didn't bring me home that brother. if you had a science, fr- a science fair and I didn't get the flyer. That's your business. You didn't want me to come. <laughs> Listen, and, the, and so if you if, if sex is something that you really need to come, again I'll say that's your business. You didn't want me to come because Hello. you didn't put it on the calendar. You Hello. didn't put it on the and so and that's okay. And that is still sexy. It's still spicy. It's still hot because it says at eight o'clock on Wednesday, come hella high water. I don't care. It will take Jesus Himself to keep me off of you because I am, I am so excited about this time with you. I am going to make sure that nothing else, there were no more competing priorities so it can just be me
0: and you. What's hotter than that? Right. Right. I love it. All right. So what do you say to the single people about how they can have a healthy sex life?
1: I mean, so most of my, the folks, most of the folks that I work with who are single are abstaining. And mm-hmm. I think that it really then boils down to if you're not understanding your your values. I, I talk a lot of, a lot about sexual peace like, um, as a <coughs> <excuse> me, as, <coughs> as an acronym. So mm-hmm. first thing, the P is um, prioritize your values. Mm-hmm. The E is engage educational resources, read books, see what's going on, what's out there. Adhere to your st- standards and boundaries because if you don't respect your boundaries. Other people won't. They learn, they take their cues on how to respect their boundaries from you. Yeah. Right? Then you are being uh, articulate or communicate rather your turn-ons and turn-offs, your wants and needs, your likes, your dislikes. Mm -hmm. And then above all else, engage with yourself. Sit Mm -hmm. with yourself. And that doesn't mean all the time masturbation because again, masturbation may not be a value that other people hold. But it does mean tuning in exploring yourself because for me it may be a fine line for some but exploring your body and masturbating are two different things mm-hmm. and it being able to tune in to say what do i need right now what do i want right now if i'm single and i had i'm going i'm having these urges and des- my desires am i horny because i'm horny or am right. i horny because i'm because i'm lonely So mm. I, 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 I did a blog not too long ago like do i want him inside me or beside me because sometimes we confuse the two, and really being able to know the difference uh, requires you to engage with yourself, in that you know that one-on-one time, that alone time, not putting your life's worth in a relationship status. Mm-hmm. Really, just you know, and being and for those who are actively engaging in sex, being being selective and being okay with being selective. Like you yeah. can go, if you living your best life, live your best life, but live your best life in a way that still serves you, protects you. Mm-hmm um feels good for you in like a genuinely feel good kind of way not like in a rebellious forget the world I can do what I want because you know that's not the same
0: kind of thing but
1: you know so
0: yeah Yeah. oh listen that's listen I'm single and that was so good first of all I love the part of do I want them inside me or beside me honey because there's a There's
1: questions that need answers. Right,
0: there is a difference, right? Right. And I love that whole concept of exploring that, right? Because we do. We get we be horny, but it's like, am I horny because I really just want to bust a nut, or is it just, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'm craving companionship? Maybe I'm craving, Mm -hmm. you know, intimacy of a different kind, and. I never even thought about that and I'm like oh I gotta write that down like because that mm-hmm. helps you to really decide like and then it keeps you from having sex with people you really just don't want to have sex with right because I think sometimes when we're lonely that's what we want to do like we just want that 20-30 minutes of fake love and fake affection just to say for the sake of it and I think after you get to a certain age you're like child I'm not doing that You know, know.
1: tomato, tomato. I'm talking tomato.
0: We're not about that life anymore. So, I love it. Listen, this has been so good. So, look, 2022 is here. Talk to us about some goals. What do you What do you got?
1: Absolutely. So, um, I'm a part of the work I do with the intimacy firm is um, my web series turned anthology called My Vulva and Me for Mm. by and about Black women. And we are on volume three. Um, The first volume was just a free-for-all, any type of short story, essay, poem, whatever, artwork, Black women were able to submit. Volume two, we wrote letters to the little Black girl inside of all of us. Mm. And this volume is called Dear Mama. The relationship between Black women and their mothers is just like a really under- researched and under experienced phenomena yeah. and it runs the gamut as it relates yeah. to experiences mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. connection is a deep one and so we're going there and so I am so excited it's coming out Mother's Day um, we're still accepting um, not sure when this to air but we're still accepting submissions until march 1st and it's set to come out on um mother's day i partnered with sherry davis she's a publisher owner of chocolate chip and co publishing and so all black women are here only the authors are black women the publisher is a black woman I love it. we're looking to find a black woman printer like nobody is touching this that's not a black woman and so and i'm really working to kind of get some conversations on film between black women and their mother or black women talking about Their mothers and like a like black love type of style conversation, but just about men. And so I am really, really, really excited about that for this year.
0: Listen, I'm excited too. Like I'm like, wait, she said volume three, so that means I gotta go check out volume one and two first Mm -hmm. before volume. But I I totally agree. Like it, black mothers and daughter relationship. Ah, that's a whole podcast episode by itself. Mm -hmm. Because I swear, Mm -hmm. it is. It's literally so intense and especially if you haven't had a really good relationship with your Mm -hmm. mother and what that means to you as a woman and how you look at womanhood and how you navigate womanhood. Like it's so many layers that come with that. And so I love that you guys are having that conversation because it's needed. And it's so many, like, I know for me, I had to do a whole lot of healing around my relationship with my mom and how yeah. strange it was because I didn't even realize that my mommy issues and them daddy issues was playing a major role in how I showed up in my life and how I showed up in my relationships. And so it wasn't until I really did that work and recognized, like, Ooh, this was impacting a whole lot yeah. <laughs> in part of my yeah. life. So I love it. So Brittany, before I let you go, girl, please tell the people how they can connect with you.
1: Absolutely. I am at The Intimacy Firm on everything. Most of my shows and shenanigans and cut-ups happen on Instagram and YouTube at The Intimacy Firm. My website is theintimacyfirm.com. I'm also on Facebook at The Intimacy Firm, but most of the time it's just repeats of what you got from, um, what you got from Instagram. So if you really want to engage with me, you can catch me, um, you can catch
0: me there. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive. This has been a great conversation about sex and how we could do better in 2022. I definitely appreciate you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having
0: me. Yo. Didn't I tell you this episode was going to be fire? Listen, shout out to Brittany Brothers smith I appreciate you coming through the Hate Queen Thrive, sharing all that you shared about sex. Listen, I promise you, the whole time I was having this conversation, you know what was playing in my mind, y'all? Salt and Peppers, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk. <laughs> Y'all know I'm silly. So, listen, definitely make sure y'all are following her, connecting with her. Listen, she is so hella dope. And you know I only bring the best of the best of the best here to hate queen thrive so again we appreciate you Brittany, for coming through and you know what time it is it's what thriving nuggets time so listen i was sitting here thinking about what i wanted to talk about uh, for thriving nuggets and then i came across this hella amazing article yes i said hello shout out to Issa ray for the hella term um <laughs> but i came across this article um by psychology today about seven compelling reasons to have more sex listen we're gonna talk about it now i'm gonna tell you right now if you were one of those holier than thou people that are listening in this this, is, this might not be the episode for you right and we so appreciate you anyway but <laughs> if you want to have a good increase and have an amazing sex life in 2022 listen You might want to know why you need to have more sex, okay? And so, let's just get into it. So, number one, sex eases stress. Listen, ain't we all stressed right now? Like, COVID got me stressed. I don't know about nobody else, but COVID, all these changes, all these damn variants. Yeah, sis is stress. I am sis. All right, so stress is the result of many interacting psychological factors and can affect Different people in different ways, potentially aspiring health problems from mild headaches, sleep difficulties, muscle tension to more severe issues such as depression and malfunctioning in your immune system. There is evidence to suggest that being close to your partner physically and emotionally can soothe stress and relieve anxiety. Physical intimacy can trigger the release of chemicals in the brain, including dopamine, which plays a major role in reward-motivated behavior, focuses attention, and general, generally increases motivation, as well as endorphins, which is a natural pain and stress fighters, and oxytocin, which is the cuddle hormone, which can trigger feelings of compassion. So if you are stressed the hell out, Right. You know what Leah's going to tell you to do? Have more sex. (laughs) So number two, sex boosts self-esteem. So there's an old saying that says sex is like food. It's only a big deal when you're not getting enough of it. There's some truth to this saying. When it comes to sex, it is not really a matter of the more the better, at least after a certain point, but there it, there are downsides to a complete fast. So lack of sex can lead to feelings of angst, self-doubt and inadequacy. There is a strong evidence that feelings of self-worth and identity are strongly associated with sex. So you know what is about to tell you, if you are needing that boost in your self-esteem, might want to go ahead and get that sex life together honey you might want to go ahead and uh throw it back real quick you know what i'm saying or however you like it <laughs> hey number three sex enhances intimacy so relationships are aren't always easy No one is entirely immune from the pressures of work and life in general. And sometimes, for whatever reason, couples just don't have time for sex. This can be the beginning of a vicious cycle. You or your partner don't feel like having sex. And then, consciously or not, you may start to resent your partner for it. And then, gradually grow further apart until you may not even want to have sex with your partner. Listen. Listen, ladies. Listen, gentlemen. Because I do have gentlemen that tune in to Hey, Queen Thrive get that intimacy together right get close to your partner get close to your boo your bae whoever you're dealing with listen the other thing i would say to you is make sure y'all having conversations about your sex life like for real for real because let me tell you what i have seen as a clinician who has worked with couples there's always this disconnect on how often you want sex I don't know why y'all not having this conversation. I swear y'all don't want to have conversations about y'all sex life and y'all want to have conversations about you finances. What in the hell? Let me help you real quick. If you are in a relationship, you need to be having that conversation around the expectations of how frequent your sex life needs to be. The other thing I'm going to say is make sure your expectations is realistic. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something I'm about to help you ladies out. This is some of the foolishness that come out of some of these men's mouth. Oh, I want sex five times a week, six times a week, and she got to be a porno star. How, sway? Now, when you work in an eight to ten hour day, she working an eight to ten hour day, and then I gotta come home cook and clean, take care of your babies. Like by the time we didn't got them dinner done, right? Bath and fed and And put in the bed, we then rolled into eight, nine o'clock at night. You know what's about to happen at eight, nine o'clock at night? You about to get some lazy side booty. Like, get up in it and call it a day. Because ain't nobody turning on to be no porn star after I done did a 10-hour day at work. So, be realistic about your sex life, please. Be realistic in your expectations and have the conversation. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. Number four, (laughs) sex makes you whole. All of us have fundamental psychological needs we need to fulfill to remain mentally healthy. The act of having sex isn't strictly a fundamental human need, but it is an important piece of one because according to Abraham Manslow, if you don't know who that is, Google Manslow's hierarchy of needs, suggested that in addition to vital physiological needs such as water, food, and sleep, There are basically four categories of fundamental psychological needs, and that is the need for safety, love and connection, esteem, and autonomy, right? So, in other words, you want to feel connected, right? Sex helps helps you to feel connected, especially connected to your partner. So, definitely make sure you are having more sex. All right, number five, sex makes you smart. So sex changes your brain's chemistry in a variety of ways, and one of them is increasing your brain power. There is some evidence that sex actually increases your cognitive capacity. A study published in the Personality and Social Psychological Bulletin found that even just thinking about a sexual encounter that you have had can enhance your analytical skills. Huh. That might be the reason why your girl is so smart. (laughs) Ha! That might be the reason why. Listen, I might just, I might be really smart because, you know, she out here having more sex. I'm just saying. <laughs> I swear. Y'all know, I'm, y'all should know by now. Your, your host is comical, man. Like, I'm so comical. All right. Listen, and I say that to say, don't be in my DMs talking about Leah. You out here having sex, girl. You out, mind your business. Mind your business. All right. Number six sex makes you look and feel younger we spend billions of dollars every year on chemicals and procedures in the pursuit of youth but a recent british study has found that having regular sex can make both men and women look between five to ten years younger than they actually are intercourse causes the release of human growth hormone which sets off a range of biological reactions with the ultimate effect of making the skin appear more elastic and smooth. Sex also triggers the release of estrogen, which improves the quality of hair and skin. Listen, you don't need no Botox, boo. You don't need no Botox. You don't need no nips and tucks. You just need to have more sex. All right, and then the last reason, the last reason why you should have more sex, according to psychology today, is sex is exercise, okay? We know of the physical and psychological benefits of exercise, and sex can be quite physically demanding. In an average session, men burn around 100 calories and women about 70. In a half hour of sex, that's 30 minutes, y'all, as many as 200 calories can melt away though so the average duration of activity tends to be quite a quite bit shorter also exercise is known to make you feel great it makes you feel physically healthier and can improve mood reduce stress and help you cope with it better increasing feelings of self-satisfaction boost your energy levels and more so, listen for all y'all out here that are talking about y'all don't like to run on the treadmill, y'all not going hiking, you not going on nobody's bicycle, you ain't going to nobody's zumba's class. Guess what? The best cardio for your life is sex. You better go ahead and bust it wide open. You can tell them Leah told you to do it. So, listen, I told y'all, listen, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So, this concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Listen, tune in again next week for another Power Pack episode with another Power Pack expert. Listen, season two is on fire. I promise you it is going down here at Hey Queen Thrive. I love each and every one of you guys. Please stay safe and I will talk to you again soon. Peace and blessings. This episode is sponsored by Purpose Driven University. Five courses and one school. All about the book writing process and beyond. Hey, it's your girl Leah M. Forney, seven-time published author and the founder of Purpose Driven University. As a seven-time published author, I understand how frustrating the book writing process can be. That's why I created Purpose Driven University. Each course is a building block for your book writing journey. So if you need help getting started, check out our fundamentals course. Already have a manuscript but don't know what to do next? check out our logistics course. No matter where you are in your book writing journey, Purpose Driven University has a course for you. So check us out and enroll today.